Welcome back, everybody, to the Six Pennies Podcast. We have myself, Albie, and Timmy on the line. How are you doing, Timmy? Not bad. How are you? We're good. We're good. Today is Pocket Change Thursday, and unfortunately, even though Mox came up with this idea, we're doing it without him. How do you think? Oh, man. What are we going to do? We're going to still do the countdown. We'll do it for 20 minutes today, go through as many questions as possible. We'll see how many we get through. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by... Uh, Derek Shaw in Farmers Insurance. Please give him a call or text him at 214-729-6462 for a free home life and auto insurance quote today. That's 214-729-6462. I can think of at least 10 to 15 uh, listeners that have already used Derek Shaw for their insurance. So don't don't let this opportunity pass. (laughs) 214-729-6462. All right, let's get on it. Timmy, uh, when was the last time you actually like read these questions? I don't even know what questions were. We have pocket change questions? We have a ton. Oh, wow. Where, where do we get them from? I don't even know. Uh, so we had a giveaway of AirPods uh, a couple months oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Hey, are we doing another giveaway at some point? Probably, right? We will. Yes, we will. Better stay tuned. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I ever read any of them, or all of them, at least. Definitely not in a few months since I forgot all about it. Yeah. All right. We'll start with the first question. It's from our friend Benny Huang. Timmy, who are your favorite comedians, and why is Kevin Hart the best or the worst? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Hart is the best. Oh gosh. No, he's. I do he's not definitely, care. I only like Kevin Hart when he uh, is acting with The Rock. I don't think I like his comedy. You hate him though, right? I do not think he's funny, and I don't, I don't understand how he's so popular. So I also don't really understand why he's popular. I think my, maybe a lot of it is kids. Do you think it's kids because they, you know, he's pretty short and has like a high voice and is always like waving his arms and stuff? That, that seems like it's fun, right? I heard he was good in Jumanji though. Maybe I should watch that and it'll change my my mind about him. I actually watched Jumanji like last week, and he's he's pretty good in it. I like him more like in Central Intelligence. Again. I think he just needs the rock there to balance him out. <laughs> I think that's ben. the solution. He's also in a movie, uh, a comedy with Will Ferrell, I think, and that's also funny because Will Ferrell is like a giant too. But you did see him like at the All Star Game, right? Like that was not funny at all. Oh no, that's not funny. No. Okay. Like, like I said, when it's just him and it's him doing comedy, I'm I'm not very interested. All right, let's move on, uh, Benny. To answer your question, Kevin Hart is the worst. All right. There you go. Timmy, you used to do this a lot, especially when you were like really healthy, but snacks. What did you usually eat for snacks? Uh, now, what did you used to eat back in the day? You snack <laughs> before lunch? Do you snack before dinner? What about before and after working out? Things like that. Oh, that's a lot of questions. Yeah. I have very poor eating habits right now because um, we have a small child and then my wife and I both started working like more demanding jobs than we used to. So I snack on junk and eat it at all times of the day. I eat a lot of processed foods. Like I love eating like Cheez-Its and goldfish because apparently I'm, I'm 12 years old. Um, so those are, those are kind of my go-tos. But can you, t- can you tell our listeners what you used to eat when you got down to like 155 pounds? Yeah, in, in 2009... <laughs> <laughs> or 2008, 2009, I, I decided I just really wanted to be in great shape. And I had a very easy job. So I went to the beach and would like run and play basketball. I would go to the gym every day. And I, I really just ate like a lot of fruits and vegetables. I would snack on like carrots and hummus. I would eat some almonds. Um, I would eat like boiled chicken and veggies for dinner. And 
that's pretty much it. I think during the day maybe I'd eat like some yogurt and a banana, and and that's that was pretty much my my day. And you had like celery, right? A lot of celery. I didn't do that much celery. I've yeah. never been a big celery fan. I did more carrots, even though it's strange because I don't really like carrots more, but they have a little more flavor. Yeah, remember when I try to eat carrots like you did and try to lose weight? Yeah, you you came to to visit me and you're like, man, I should start doing carrots too. So you went home and and you're like, hey, what should I buy? I was like, get some carrots, and you bought like the entire carrot instead of little pre-cut carrot sticks. You didn't even cut it. You just brought the entire carrot to work and ate it like you're um, like you're a rabbit. Bugs Bunny there. What do you snack on now? Do you still do carrots, or you just don't snack because you're uh, you're fasting all the time? I don't really snack. I just binge eat, and and you're right, fast. <laughs> It's the That's most, the best way, right? It's the most unhealthy way of living, but no, have you? I mean, intermittent fasting is like all the rage now, where you just only eat with, within like a six-hour period. Except for you, it's a six-hour period and then three days of nothing. Yeah, but then, for, but then my body has already adjusted, man. Like I think it was the rage three years ago, but now my body needs to go back to something more regular. Oh, uh, your body realized that that diet is too much of a fad now, so it's trying to go against the grain again. Yeah. Yeah, my body, my body understands. That question was from Jason Wang. I appreciate Jason. You will win a giveaway one of these days. Just keep <laughs> trying. You are number one fan, so thank you again, Panda. All right, this question is kind of funny. Rog, Rog, from Roger Lin, who's in Dubai right now. Safe travels, by the way. Timmy, what are your favorite Excel formulas and functions? <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, so I, I don't actually use Excel that much for anything advanced. Um, I, I am not an Excel nerd at all, so I, I can't answer that. I mean, I, I've taken some classes like in MBA schools. So I did like simple like VLOOKUPs and match and, and those things, but barely. And, I, and now I don't, I don't use almost anything. Hey, man, if you, if you know how to do VLOOKUPs, you're already ahead of the curve. You're I don't think the- I, I mean, I, I learned how to do them. I, I don't really use them at all now. So would you say that? The time you use it the most is when I ask you to update our cell phone spreadsheet on Google Docs. Excel? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, that's probably part of it. Probably when we do our podcast preparation, too, that's, that's probably the most, even though that's really could be done in a Word document as well. All right. Thank you, Roger. <laughs> Next question. Man, we are flying through this. It's, al- it's also because we don't know how to answer these questions. Wait, wait, hold on. So do you not use Excel formulas either or functions? In my previous job, I did. Uh, I was all about like the VLOOKUPs and all the Ooh. different calculations and things like that, but... You didn't get to macros or anything? Uh, I did. I did. Wow! But Excel, honestly, Excel is one of those things where if you don't use it, you lose it. Like, oh, okay. But then you, it's like riding a bike. You pick it up really quick. But if you were to ask me to do like a, you know, semi-simple, semi-complex formula now, like I would have to Google it to do it. Oh, yeah. That's all I, that's all I do now. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Roger. Next question is from our friend Joshua Ling. So the Cavs just lost. They're 0-1. And the Rockets just won. They're 1-0. His question is, is LeBron going to Houston? Uh, the answer is no, although it would be pretty fun. I, I'm sure you saw the – actually, you probably sent me the, the little picture or meme of if he and Paul George came, came to Houston, our starting lineup would be Chris Paul, LeBron James, and just – it's it's just funny the way it would, it would work out with the first names and the last names. Yep. What, what do you think he's going to come to Houston? Where do you think he's gone? I think he is fifty fifty on leaving, but if he were to leave, it's L A first, then Philly second. Wow, you think he would go to Philly? Yeah, dude. 
I mean, that he should. He, I would go to Philly over LA, but I, I don't know if he would. And that team already shares the ball the way that he wants to play basketball. It's kind of like when Kevin Durant went to Golden State. So it, it fits him pretty well, pretty perfectly. wonder if they could re-sign J.J. Redick for cheaper, because they would need the shooting. J.J. would stay. Would he not stay? Uh, he, he signed a one-year deal this year so he could get paid. He got paid like $23 million. Yeah, he, so he just got he already got paid. So he wants to get a ring, right, at this point? I don't know. Did you watch his documentary? I did not. He had a short documentary about his free agency and how, how he chose. And I, I thought the whole time when they're talking about it, it, it looked I didn't see anything that showed that he was going to go to Philly. I thought he was going to go somewhere he could win. But he ended up deciding, I think, between Philly and Brooklyn. It was really just he wanted to get paid and he wanted to live in that area. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Even though he lives in Austin, I believe. He has a house there, but he also has a home in Brooklyn. I think, uh, yeah, something, so yeah, he, something else where he wanted to live in there. So area. really, he's just living it up. Like people don't realize that JJ Reddick lives his best life. Oh yeah, he's got a podcast on the Ringer. He's got like perfect hair and cool tattoos. He's perfect he's pretty good. Hair, yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you, Joshua Ling. Next question is to is from our friend from Seattle, Paul Liang. Do you remember running into him at my bachelor party? No, I there were a lot of things going on at your bachelor party. Uh, okay. Well, he was, he was there, so props to Paul for showing up. Uh, his question is, since it's uh, near and dear to his heart in Seattle, but Timmy, do you have any predic- predictions or projected impact of Amazon HQ2? Where are they going, and what kind of impact are they going to do to that local economy? Uh, we know the answer for the second part of the question. It's wherever they go, the economy is going to blow up, right? Like. There's going to be a ton of jobs created. It's for going to be the hottest for place. Worse, better or for worse? For better. I, I think it's definitely a good thing for the economy. Um, in terms of like the, the jobs that are created, the place is just going to become uh, much more urbanized with, with uh, a, a ton of like people that will be coming in. I mean, partially, I guess that could be negative if you want to keep like a small city, small town kind of view. Um, but if it's a place like... I guess Austin is probably the most logical choice that people are thinking because of Whole Foods, right? I don't think Austin's going to be the city. Where do you think it is? Atlanta? I think it's going to be Atlanta. Oh, wow. I don't know why I said that. I think they have, so other cities in the running, obviously uh, Dallas. Didn't they narrow it down to like 30? No, top 20. So Dallas, Dallas, the D.C. area, Chicago, New York, Boston. I think Atlanta has the best shot, A, because of the already amazing infrastructure there so they already have you know like a top five international airport uh their highway system is already advanced and then the big kicker compared to other cities especially like dallas is the talent they that they have already downtown is second only to like boston because if you look at the atlanta region there's like three or four major universities right there downtown and that's pretty amazing interesting yeah that's a good call yeah, but the impact, so I, I would like to actually counter your point. I think it's going to be perceived to be positive, but I think the impact is actually going to hurt the city. I was reading this story or this report about how Amazon affects Seattle, for example. If Amazon has a bad quarter or their earnings don't meet the mark, like no one goes to lunch. And because Amazon has ingrained their entire office right there in downtown Seattle, like it plays a huge role into the local economy. So if Amazon, if the people don't go to lunch, there goes like, you know, all those restaurants and lunch spots around that area (laughs) and things like that. It's just like, we're talking about lunch. 
We're talking about lunch, man. Um, but it's, it's, I, I more, thinking, it's more than that. Like, let's say that yeah. they don't get a bonus for that quarter, you know, then they're not going to spend money in that city because the city is banking so much on Amazon and their employees. And, and the fact yeah. that HQ2, they already said that it, they want to be downtown and they don't, they want to be local and they want to make sure that it's an area that employees can walk around and, you know, supplant themselves in the city. And so I don't know if, uh, some cities have the, infrastructure to really be okay with the ebbs and flows of a, a huge corporation like Amazon. You know, I was thinking about it also, not just about the economy, but also just like the the standard of living for what would happen to the people there. I think of like Silicon Valley, which is like, people think it's a great thing, right? There's, or I mean, it's, it's a bustling, booming economy. People like make a lot of money, but then it just prices everybody else out of living there where you know, you can't even afford a home, even if you're making a, a ton of money in, in comparison with the rest of the country. That should probably be something to worry about um, in any of the cities that they would consider, right? Yeah, I agree. But I mean, Atlanta, like you said, it, it those are some great points for why it could be a good landing spot. There are quite a few like big companies headquartered there already, though. Yeah, Have you heard are. of this little one called Coca-Cola? Oh, yeah, there's. There's Coca-Cola there. There's like it's, Delta and CNN, I think, is there. Um, yep. There's quite a few. There's a lot. And it's also like centrally located on the East Coast, kind of. It bisects the North and the South. Like from just a geographical standpoint, it, it makes sense. And then, like I said, they already have an amazing airport there. Um, amazing as in like the most crowded, annoying airport in the country, most right? Most crowded, most annoying, biggest, busiest, like whatever, but... That's what Amazon wanted, and that's where I think Austin is actually out of the running. Because if you uh, look true. at that, if you look at the Amazon like HQ two stipulations, they said within you know twenty five or thirty miles uh, to a major international airport. And I know Austin is considered an international airport, but it only has like fifteen or twenty gates. It's not. That's a good enough. point. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Paul. Net, last question. It's actually from our winner today. Shelby, I don't know how to pronounce this last name. T-S-E, Timmy? C? Shelby C? Shelby C. Congrats, by the way, on the AirPods. I hope you're uh, enjoying it. Timmy, do you know much about TB12? TB12, Tom Brady and his crazy diets and stuff? Yeah, do you know anything about it? And how do you, what's your reaction to it? Oh, I, I don't know anything about it except he had um, the, the documentary and the weird part where he was kissing his kid on the lips. Well, if that's the extent of TB12 knowledge <laughs> here, we'll, we'll move on to the next question. <laughs> Sorry. No, no worries. Sorry, Shelby. Um, Wait, why don't you tell me about TB12 then? What you I didn't about watch it? the documentary, so I don't want to okay. speak on it. I just know oh. that I don't like Brady. I don't like the Patriots. and. Uh, oh, so you're just trying to find a way to hate on them as, as easy as possible yeah go, go to a different one i think shelby asked like 50 questions right isn't that how he won it, it is yeah. how he won and his strategy was to be the last guy to do it um, it worked and i guess it worked all right last question the rise and decline of espn what made espn what it is and how it has lost its way have you listened to a podcast from jim miller called origins about I, espn so i haven't but I've heard bits and pieces of it. It's a very interesting story. So he also did a podcast about Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I listened to. It's the same podcast, a different uh, season, I guess, or series. And it goes through like interviews from different people, tells different stories about it. With ESPN, it's split up into, I don't know, five or six parts. And it, 
is very um, interesting to hear like from people who used to work at ESPN, just people in the industry and what they think of how it's been and, and what it's what it's like now compared to the past. Some of the interesting things I thought were they talk about the personalities of their, you know, their talent yeah. and how they they're really stifled their creativity and stuff. That's one of the things they talked about 30 for 30s. They talked about college game day and the impact that had. I don't know. I, I just think ESPN is is outdated at this point and I, I don't really know who who cares that much about it. And then I think the big thing was just where they missed out on streaming and how they focused so much on cable thinking they were going to be indestructible on cable networks. So this is actually one of the topics I believe the three of us would agree on, you, me, and Mock, that ESPN has kind of, like Shelby said, lots its way. But I, I will want to counter that part. And I want to ask you uh, a Surprise, surprise. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, count, I'll counter it. But um, while I'm speaking, think of, a, think of examples of how it lots its way. You might know more than I do, especially like college game day and things like that. Um, and then I'll come back to you. But I do want to say that ESPN has identified these shortcomings, if you will. So, for example, putting Jamel Hill on the six, like I think it was a, a move they thought would be a lot more beneficial, but at the same time, they didn't realize that pigeon, pigeonholing someone and that allowing her to speak out is actually more detrimental to the company. So they let her move on to a different sector within, within ESPN undefeated. Um, which is a lot more open, a, a lot more just open-minded. So she has the ability to write what she wants, say what she wants, and things like that. So um, ESPN's leadership is changing. So I think that's um, an added bonus in terms of giving, you know, millennials, quote-unquote millennials, but really just people our generation, another outlet to speak. I do remember one story. ESPN was losing a ton of female talent in like the early 2000s. They were like bringing the, you know, really attractive or beautiful women up, which is very, it's bad, right? It's objectifying the women. But at the same time, they signed up for it. So it is what it is. But they were losing their talent. And the main reason is because it's located in whatever Connecticut. Bristol. I yeah, Brist Bristol, Connecticut. And there's no nightlife. If you're a single lady, like you can't find anybody to hang out with or mingle yeah. with and things like that. So now they've expanded espn you know there's a headquarters okay. in la so there's a lot of females and male workers there in la and then you have shows like the new show with beetle jalen rose and mike greenberg they're doing um get up yeah get up and that's actually in new york city which is completely different a completely different vibe michelle beetle has always been that you know city metropolitan girl cosmopolitan girl so it's good that she was able to join the show because she adds a pretty funny angle to the other two's perspective. But that's just an example of ESPN like realizing what they're doing wrong and trying to fix and trying to move forward to something that's better, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad they're they're improving that part of it. I think the talent was a big thing, especially with all the layoffs they had in the past couple of years. But that was reactionary to like losing money, right? Yep. I mean, do you know much about like? their their model for why they you know were really relying on the cable subscribers and how that worked no well i mean in the past like the way espn was um making money was that it was part of cable packages right so when you pay for cable to at&t 
or wherever you're paying, they would have to go to these different networks and charge, and, and the networks would tell them how much it costs. So with that, they would bundle the price together. So when you paid, I don't know, $50 for your cable, $4 or however much of it was going to Disney, was going to ABC and um, Disney Films and ESPN. And so they thought that by having that in their back pocket, they were always making money, they always had subscribers, and they just didn't get with streaming and didn't know that that was the next big thing where people didn't need to pay for cable. And with people cutting the cord, now people don't have to pay for cable or ESPN, and that's how they start losing money. So I think by ESPN not really jumping into the streaming world and, and getting the digital content earlier, that really messed them up. I agree. And they, they had such an opportunity, right? Live sports is really the only reason why people still have cable. And yeah. they could have, or even subscribed to anything. So they could have really parlayed that into something much bigger than they really are. With that being said, that obviously ESPN is not where it was in like the mid to late 2000s. But it's hard to really sustain that size and that growth that they were experiencing. Um, a lot of it was, you know, when you're at the top, the only way to go is down. But then secondly, a lot other, um, you know, competitors and alternatives went into the market, like Fox Sports and NBC Sports and all these other larger companies saw like, you know, an outlet to get in. They got in and ESPN suffered, whether that's because of ESPN's doing or because of competitors. We, we honestly, we really don't know. With that being said, though, did you see... Darren Ravel's tweet about like the NBA ratings this year. Oh yeah, up uh, yet again. Yeah, up again without any of the major markets. No New York team, no Chicago team, no LA team in the playoffs, and the ratings are still up. So if ESPN had you know bought the rights from Turner back in the day, I don't think we would have this discussion, or maybe it wouldn't be as big of an effect as it is right now. Yeah, I mean, that's just the NBA, though, which is obviously growing at a really high rate, but NFL is, is one that's hurting ESPN a lot, right? ESPN and ABC? Yeah, I agree. So the NFL is down, and you know how NBC... So NBC bought the rights to Sunday Night Football, which, yeah. which was supposed to be, you know, just like a little precursor to Monday Night. It's always been about Monday Night Football. But, yep. but the NFL, for some reason started to schedule the the really marquee games on Sunday instead of yep. Monday night. And ABC, Disney, and ESPN suffered because of that. I don't know yeah. if it's because they had a falling out with the NFL or had bad relationships or whatnot, but that's a huge part of the ratings. Yeah, I read something about that too, and that, that definitely hurts them. I'm interested to see what, what ESPN, ABC, Disney, what they're going to do Moving forward, um, like you said, there's there's the competition, there's the streaming competition with like Netflix, is Amazon. Those are the ones that are pretty scary, especially even moving into sports. But with Disney buying like 20th Century Fox, and they can kind of they can pretty much own Hulu, I think, or at least a lot of the content that goes to Netflix right now. Yeah. If they can hopefully soon have their own streaming services come out that can include sports, then maybe that'll make a difference. I don't know. That's a great point, and I know we're getting a little bit off tangent, but I am curious to see how Netflix reacts to Disney because Disney will have basically their own Netflix soon. They're going to be taking yep. taking off, you know, all these Marvel movies and all these Disney-related Disney movies off Netflix, and yep. it's going to be on their own, you know, individual platform. So I don't, you, you can tell that Netflix has already started, you know, doing a lot of their own Netflix-only content and movies oh, and yeah. things like that. But they're going to suffer a lot once that happens. I don't think they're going to suffer. They spend, they're spending like 
so many billions of dollars every year on their own content now. They're coming out with like hundreds and hundreds of shows and movies every year. I, I think they prepared for it way better than, for example, Disney did with ESPN. Good point. Yeah. Well, that concludes. Pocket that was way change. more than 20 minutes, huh? Yeah, Whoops. that ended up being 25 minutes. Shelby, your question was so good. That's why you won anyways. Wait. We needed Mock here to timekeep us, I guess. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. Please check us out on Facebook, facebook.com, Six Pennies Podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Six Pennies Podcast. And if you have time, leave us a review. Thanks, guys. Bye.